mama shakara this is a bit the shine and how don't fit how manage my sister my brightex white detergent oh brightex detergent not the fade cloth at all at all and the wash cloth clean well well it gets power to come out all the nyama nyama stain and dirty no matter how it be you not go chop and soak no you know the chop and oh and it good for washing machine too eh Mama Shakara, me too now. Bright text detergent I go to use to wash all my clothes now, so that I go to shine, shine and scent, scent and make Shakara like you so. <laughs> bright text white detergent, a quality product from Nasco. For your brightest wash, bright text. Bright text for the brightest wash. Another week has gone by and just as we promised we are back with a brand new episode of the Nasco Moments radio talk show brought to you by Nasco providing us with a quality life year after year for the last 50 years that is why on this show we celebrate the values of consistency and longevity which is what we promise our listeners Once again, this is the Nasco Moments Radio Talk Show, connecting audiences within and around Jos. I am Hodun Gyang. Today's package is designed to challenge your mind a little because we'll be looking at the real value of education and we will try to uncover why we have placed so much importance on certificates. Rightly or wrongly, the pursuit of certificates has given rise to all kinds of schools, training centers and consultancies. This is because the more certificates one has, the more one is perceived to be knowledgeable and the better one's prospects become to discuss this subject we are glad to have in the studio once again the founder of Joss Business School and a foremost business consultant and advisor both nationally and internationally Mr. Ezekiel Gomes welcome again to the Nasco Moment show morning and uh, how are you Fudu I'm good 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 to see you again thank you and uh, hello listeners how are you doing All right. So um we want to start with a fundamental question. Who really is an educated person? I think an educated person uh is someone that is both literate and also is aware of his especially surroundings and how to use the resources available to him in terms of um uh creating something of value to himself. Mm-hmm. So the 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 emphasis is on not just on literacy this time but also on ability to use uh, or to to deploy resources or to convert available resources to produce goods and services uh, that add value to me that's an educated person someone who's aware of his environment is, is there a difference between someone who is literate and a person who is educated yes uh, literacy can only be said to be something to do with uh, reading and writing uh, which is basically just to read and write but education is uh, applying it beyond reading and writing so you might find somebody who is literate who might not be educated uh, uh, and he is very, very he just read the books and just doesn't know how to apply them and to to make a difference to his environment as i said earlier if you can add value to your environment uh, to what you find where you find yourself in uh, to how god has created you that's education hmm. Okay. Um it is more apparent now than ever that our country or people in this country attach a lot of importance to certificates not merely as a proof of your training but rather as a basis for recruitment. Um what are your thoughts on this? 
Yes, uh, I think it has got to do with the system we inherited from the British uh, colonial system in terms of A, the career path in employment and B, uh, evidence of, of, of there's so much emphasis on evidence and when there's so much evidence, uh, emphasis on evidence and not not in ability, then people would pay a lot of attention to bring produce that evidence. So um, the, 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 the old British system uh, education ensures that after every school you must get to write an exam and after the exam you get a certificate to to prove that you wrote that exam so that evidence issue is what makes people to to, to focus on the on the evidence rather than on the ability to 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 to, to show that they got that training so in essence uh, that has been the, the that has been the building block of Nigeria's development where everywhere you go people are putting emphasis on what's the evidence if you said you went to university what's your degree certificate if you say you went to polytechnic what's your certificate etc etc so the evidence issue drives the craze for people to get all manner of certificates well you say it is the british system we inherited is there a different kind of system used elsewhere yes uh, in some systems uh, especially the the u.s uh, uh, system collegiate system there's a lot of emphasis on what you can do uh, not just what you, you, not the evidence, not just evidence. They, in, they, they, they're not and they're possessing evidence, but mm. they, they want to see what you can do. So they, there's a lot of a practice attached to not just the evidence. So um, the American education system, for instance, you may write an exam, uh, but if you don't, if you don't pass in terms of producing certain evidence, or, I mean certain evidence of knowledge, then you might not be able to go to the next level. So they, you must demonstrate a knowledge of that area, not just writing the exam and passing it. Okay. Uh, sadly, desperation for certificates has increasingly led to corrupt practices among examination uh, bodies. And these students, uh, the people think there's a correlation between corrupt practices in schools and corruption in society. Do you think there's a correlation? There's a very strong correlation. Um, if you if you are produced, I mean, it's, it's, it's what people learn when they're young, that they grow up to do when they're old. That's one. Then secondly, because many parents emphasize the need for people to obtain good grades so many people many people go to all manner of ways to go to obtain these good grades mm. and that so people growing up in that environment think it's okay to cut corners i mean the cutting corners while in school to make good grades uh, is not different from cutting corners while at work to make money so the the cutting of corners right from even from as low as nursery schools where parents uh, insist that their own children should come first uh, or teachers try to favor certain uh, students. All this lead to people growing up with a culture of impunity, a uh, culture of, uh, of cutting, cutting corners to make it and uh, or making shortcuts to make it. And when they do that, they don't see a difference in that when they start work. Uh, when they, when they, or even when they start selling, or market, buying and selling in the marketplace. Corruption is not just about working, it's about also in the marketplace. People are also corrupt, very corrupt in the business environment. Hmm. It is, can we possibly have a competitive learning environment without playing into corruption? It's possible. It's very possible. Um, first and foremost, uh, parents have to emphasize values to their children at home. It must start from the home. Uh, if parents demonstrate values, if parents uh, show value into their homes and do not, do not glorify small things like lying, uh, maybe answering a phone call and lying that you're not at home, and meanwhile you're there and the children are seeing you, and then you know doing telling somebody okay I'll be there or I'm in another town where maybe while you're at in, in this town all those little things they they reinforce the culture of of of, of dishonesty in the home oh. and and so if so the first point of clearing this and establishing a, a 
clean environment for learning starts from the home. Okay. If parents insist that their children should honor values of ethics, values and ethics, I mean, when they take it to school, the school will be a cleaner place, a better place to learn. All right, we have to start from the basics. Everything yeah. starts from the home. Yes. This is the NASCO Moments Radio Talk Show. I hope you have found it interesting so far. We'll be back with much more. Stay tuned. Now fortified with essential vitamins and minerals. NASCO Conflicts, nourishing goodness anytime. Welcome back, listener. If you tuned in during the break, this is the NASCO Moments Radio Talk Show. And today we're looking at the real value of education given the increasing focus on certificates in our society today. Our guest is Mr. Ezekiel Gomez, founder of Just Business School and a foremost consultant. Before the break, we had begun looking at how the desperation for certificates has plunged the system into all kinds of corrupt practices. In this segment, we'd like to pick up from there. There seems to be a direct link between corruption in the society today and the corrupt practices students imbibe at school. So is this correlation reasonable or bogus? Uh, it's reasonable. Um, a lot of, I mean, I have a particular story I used to tell. Uh, there was when I was, uh, there was one student's union government election in one higher institution of learning, for instance, where the students uh, were fighting seriously to get elected into the office. And I had an opportunity to discuss with one or two of them, and he said uh, the reason why he's struggling to get into office is because there's, uh, there's, uh, there's, there's some cake in that office and there's some money involved. Mm. When he becomes uh, president, he's going to be comfortable. He won't suffer with school fees. And I said, how do you make the money? And his story was, ah, you know, that place, nobody would probe me. And when you finish your tenure, you're gone. Next people come and collect money. And say. So, I mean, at that level, I knew that it was scary. For that person to graduate, you know that he's already built in a culture of of seeing office as a source of income, yes. as a source of personal uh, uh, self-help. So that is very common. And in, in very many institutions of higher learning today, you go, there are series of cases of people involved in this kind of practice. The second level is also practice to get results. Uh, many students on their own uh, buy gifts, take money to lecturers to influence their results. And vice versa, lecturers also demand uh, some lecturers demand for gifts and, and money from some students to influence their results. That also creates in the students the the, the, the the culture that when I graduate, this kind of things can be done. I can go and give money and get a job. I can get money and get contracts. I can get money and grow and, and be promoted. So it's, 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 it starts from some of these institutions that we gradually begin to build a culture of corruption, even for the young minds. And when they grow up, they don't see anything wrong in doing the things we do. And thirdly, I think it's one other area that I like, that I like to emphasize that in many of the campuses, uh, this breakdown of law, of law um, people, somebody does something wrong and nobody does anything to him. So if, if somebody slaps a fellow student, unless the, the student reports it, uh, nobody says anything. And even if they do, police are not allowed to enter the campus. 
so it means that the campus is a, is, a, is a society of its own with its own separate kind of laws now when you take that into society the products of that society when they get out of society they also believe that they can break the law and get away with it and so they don't see why somebody should stop them for breaking the law so these three things combine to for me they combine to emphasize the fact that we're breeding uh, some of the things we're seeing in society we created them in our institutions okay um, let's come back to um, recommendations and testimonials which in the past were enough to speak uh, about a person's capabilities rather than just um, his achievements now as one who is into training uh, and certification what is your approach when you're evaluating or praising one's level of preparedness or to make that if how do you think a person is suitable for employment well there has to be several ways uh, considering the, what we said earlier about the culture of impunity, the culture of, of things getting rotten in some of our institutions, there has to be several ways of evaluating whether somebody is qualified to do a job. To me, uh, first and foremost, there must be a one-on-one -on -one interview. If you, whatever qualification you send to me, whatever degrees you have, you must come and sit in front of me and have a discussion with me. Then secondly, I must also ask you to show me some competency mm. on what you can do based on what you want to do. Uh, they ask you to write an essay or ask you to write something. And thirdly, if it's a practical course like computing, ask you to, to solve a particular problem, to, to do a computing problem for me to see. If you cannot do any of those three, it means that all these qualifications you wrote are, are nonsense as far as I'm concerned. So um, job uh, employers should begin to use a lot of practical and, uh, and, and other ways of testing people, not just for people to write in and say, these are what qualifications I have. Mm -hmm. Because you'd be shocked to find that uh, there was a time we were looking for just two graduates to do a particular exercise for an employer. We interviewed over 50 and uh, less than five of them demonstrated competency in that area where they claimed they were qualified. Mm -hmm. So it's a kind of a thing that, that is, is shocking. And these are the people going to lead Nigeria tomorrow. Okay, um, one of Nigeria's uh, number one, uh, one of the contestants for Nigeria's number one job uh, was scrutinized based on his certificate recently and garnered a lot of media attention. Um, so the question should be is now, should there be an academic basis for the evaluation of leaders, whether in the public domain or in the private domain? I think they should. Well, uh, because of our level of literacy, uh, because Nigeria is not 100% literate, people introduce that in the constitution. They say that you must have a basic minimum qualification to be able to contest an office. But I think we should move gradually away from that. I mean, a society like America, uh, where the, where, which is the country, the world's most powerful country, you don't need an academic qualification to contest for any office. You need to prove that you're a citizen of USA, and you need to prove that you have shown certain, what, I, what, what have you achieved in life, what level of experience do you have, what, what can you do. I mean, for somebody to reach a level that uh, the car candidate has reached, we don't expect that he did not possess that kind of qualification. Mm. I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not commenting on his suitability or otherwise for the office, but I'm saying that for me, uh, I haven't reached that if, I mean, for having reached a level called for me, like a permanent secretary or for somebody in a very high office, somebody to come and doubt my capacity to, 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 to lead at this level would be, would be a little bit suspect. So, yes, because the constitution has required us to produce evidence of paper, that was exploited. But I think that going forward, Nigeria should begin to look at better ways of, the, of, of evaluating people's um, competencies rather than certificate and paper-based. Okay, that's interesting. Um, I hope the young ones especially are listening and know what is really important more than just a piece of paper. Well, it is the NASCO Moments radio talk show. and We have a special announcement to make at the end of today's show. Please stay tuned. We'll be back after this. 
Nasco Cube Sugar is your favorite choice sweetener made from natural sugar cane. It is a sweet flavor and provides energy. It can be used in tea, coffee, pack, conflicts, and a variety of beverages. Nasco Cube Sugar can be taken by anyone at any time of the day. Nasco Cube Sugar is fortified with vitamin A and liquefies very fast. Nasco Cube Sugar. Mmm, for that sweet taste. Nasco Nasco Cube Sugar, another quality product from Nasco. Welcome back from the break. This is the last segment of the show. Today we have been looking into the reasons why we place a great deal of importance on school certificates with a view to understanding the real value of education. When analyzing a nation's prospective labor force, one of the parameters used is the number of skilled workers, in which case one's level of education is brought to bear. So what do you think we should emphasize? Should it be our experience or our academic qualification? I think the for me the where the entry into the the gate, one would look at academic qualifications for that that moment. Uh, but I think that's just for the entry point. You might want to say, okay, what you need for instance entry level you need graduates for, to start this job. But beyond that point, I think experience is very critical. For me, I would like, I would rather I would place a lot of emphasis on more emphasis on experience, like 70% experience and 30% on, on, on academic qualifications. Because I've, as I've told you earlier, my experience has shown that a lot of the people with high level academic qualifications do not prove that when they come to do the job. Uh, because a lot of the, the, the academics today is, is, is read and pass exams and not read and know what you, what you read. So it's so exam driven and exam centric that uh, people might just pass the exams with high flying colors, but they don't know anything about the subject you're talking about. Uh, this is more serious in areas, in practical areas. I mean, for somebody going to a career in agriculture, uh, you don't, I mean, you may have an MSc in agriculture, but you may not know anything about farming, which is dangerous. So I think that we should look a lot in, on emphasis on experience because that's, that, that leads to production, that leads to output, that leads to productivity and, uh, and, and, and high performance. Would you pick someone with experience over someone with an academic qualification if the person with the experience does not have the requisite qualifications? Yes, especially it depends on what job they're doing to do for me. For me in business, I want results and I don't want just for you to come and fly with papers around. Mm. If the results are not there to support your papers, then of course you'll show you the way out. Okay. Yes. Um, Tom Peters, a foremost American manager Guru once remarked that the MBA qualification was overrated given his interaction and measurement of the performance profile of a number of MBA holders from the best American schools. So um, in the, what would you say such certificates say nothing for a person's ability to be resourceful in real-life situations? Do you agree? Yeah, I agree with him to an extent, especially when you look at it that um, today's MBA has become commercialized. A lot of schools are advertising their their, their MBA class as, as if it's like a, a product you go and pick. Okay. So it's become so commercialized. Uh, initially, when the MBA was introduced and became became a flagship for management and uh, for management training, uh, it was solid. And most of the people teaching MBAs were adjunct professors, people who came from the 
from the practical side you find maybe a bank manager going to teach the MBA class showing him practical examples and a hotel manager teaching the MBA class in hospitality so it, it gave them a balance of both theoretical and practical experience and that's why the MBA was hailed as one of the best uh, qualifications to have but over the years a number of people began to offer MBAs in all over the place and some began to see it as a product to sell the university so it became a hugely commercial product okay. and so qualities began to compromise and uh, and also time and um, some begin to offer MBA in nine months and uh, while others are open in two years so you can see that it doesn't become the standard thing you can read so translating that to actual practice it means then that many qualifications today can be overrated unless you prove it in the workplace that this qualification enabled you to add value to the workplace mm. yeah. now let's come back to um, just business school where you operate it is an important institution um, the training offered, what would you say um, is more important, the training offered or the testimonial of its alumni? The training offered to us is more important. We always tell people that a certificate is just a certificate of completion. It's not a certificate, not an evidence that you got this. It's just a completion of that course. So the content of the course is more important for us. The people should take it. And that way we have the three A's in just business school. We have the, th the first A is that you, whatever you see, you, first you come there to acquire knowledge. That's the first A. Secondly, you want to adapt that knowledge to your situation. But thirdly, what's the most important A is you must apply that knowledge to change something that was there before, to either increase value, to add value, or to solve a problem. If you cannot do the third A, then you better not come to just business school because it would be useless to, to just go and come back and, and dump the certificate. We always tell people that if you cannot apply the third A, that is to apply the knowledge you've learned to solve either a problem or to change your situation to, to add value, there is no point going for the course. Well, these days, um, there is also an emphasis on the school that uh, awards your certificate. It's just not enough now to even um, possess the certificate or to present it. It's also important which school um, offers you that certificate. What's your thoughts? Yeah, I think that also goes down to the, the way society has seen many things to do with certificate, uh, ego, um, and commercialization of universities and all that because some universities want because they have this prestige of history over time I mean if, if you tell somebody you went to Harvard and then somebody said I went to university or in, in, in a village in the, in Elungu somewhere they would say oh what kind of place is this yeah. so people look at you from that kind of perspective but I always tell people that the content look at the content of the course first look at what the person learned in that Harvard or in that university and see it whether it meets up to what he's talking about and if the content is good some universities are much better both content and name over time. But some universities are only carrying name over time. Uh, so it's, it's unfortunate that many uh, institutions are carrying only name. But the content of the course is very critical. What are the person learning and who is teaching them? It's very, it's very important because you could have a very high-flying name and the people teaching them are not qualified to teach. So that could also be in itself a problem. So the content is very important. Uh, and, and also the, to apply the content after the course. Okay, so what would you recommend if you had um, two people come in to interview? One is from Harvard, like you said, and one is from Unijos, for instance. You test them to figure out which one is most suitable? Yeah, because um, you, you know that many universities match content with name. Uh, and and they are few, they are few and, 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 and not all over the place. So for Harvard, you know they match content and name and they have known for that. So you would say, yes, this is okay. But for the, you also look at the environment where the university is located. I know that over the last five to ten years, Nigerian universities have suffered significant amount of neglect. So if somebody comes with a certificate from a Nigerian university, uh, no matter the grade, 
I will test him first. Mm. I will test him practically. No matter, even if he's reading a first class, he has to go through another uh, test for me to find out what he actually knows because a lot of them have suffered neglect today. Okay, that's rather sad, but yeah. it is the reality yes. uh, of our country today. So it's important for us to learn and not just present certificates. Um, it's the NASCO Moments radio talk show, and we've been talking to Mr. Ezekiel Gomez. We've been discussing Nigeria's craze for certificates over actually what one can do. Mr. Ezekiel Gomez, thank you very much for being here today again. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right, we have come to the end of today's episode of the show. It's now time for a special announcement. The NASCO hashtag promo for the month of April is on with lots of exciting prizes up for grabs. To win this month's prizes, follow these two easy steps. First step, upload or tweet a picture of yourself, your family or friends enjoying a great moment with NASCO conflicts, NASCO biscuits range or Brightex detergent to www.facebook.com slash NASCO group and www.twitter.com slash NASCO group. Second step, leave a hashtag next to the image. For conflicts, hashtag NASCO conflicts moments. For the biscuits range, hashtag NASCO biscuit moments. And for Brightex detergent, hashtag Brightex detergent moments. The best upload qualifies you to win a Samsung S5 smartphone. Second and third prizes are a BlackBerry Q10 and a BlackBerry Q5 respectively. Also, there are consolation prizes for the next top 10 entries. This competition will end on the 30th of this month. The NASCO Moments radio talk show has been brought to you by NASCO and it was created by Unimark Limited, marketing communications consultants. Executive producers, NASCO marketing department. Producers, Harun Audu and Joshua Tongman. I am Hudun Gyan. Thank you for listening. Have a lovely weekend.